You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 452. What are the qualifications to lead a small group? Now, I've, I've spoken extensively, and I'll probably continue to do that over the years, uh, make talking about small groups an important part of the, the issues that we cover because they're so vitally important. But today, I want to talk about this important topic of who can lead a small group, and you may call them different things in your church. It might be a Sunday school class. It might be connect group. It might be discipleship group. It might even be house church, whatever you want to call it. It's a small group program from your church, and who can be, who is qualified to lead these groups. Now, if if you're new to the show and you haven't really heard us talk much about small groups, I encourage you to go back um, the March 1st episode of last year, March 1st of 2023. We talked, I actually gave you five important reasons why you need small groups. But understand this, small groups, Just let me just give you two real quick. Small groups will help you build your church. They absolutely will help you build your church if you put together a good small groups program. Also, it's going to help you develop leaders. And I've never, ever met a pastor or senior leader who said, no, i got enough leaders. I don't need any more. We always need more great leaders. And a good small group program will help you develop leaders in your church. Now, I want to talk about the qualifications. What does it take Who in your church should be leading these groups? Now, what I see, I travel a bit, speak in different churches, different parts of the world, and one of the things I see is there's a wide range, uh, a wide range of philosophy on who can lead a small group. In many churches, even some larger churches that I've uh, been privileged to connect with and connect with the pastors, what I find is when they start a small groups program, it's the senior leaders, maybe not the senior pastor, although I've seen that before too, where they'll actually lead a small group, and there's nothing wrong with that. But many of the senior pastors and leaders are the ones leading the groups in the church. Now, maybe when you're starting it up, this might be something you need to do, but a few years down the road, or even a year down the road, I'm not sure this is the best idea if you want to develop leaders. Now, it'll let you maintain control, but like Craig Rochelle says, you can have uh, growth or you can have control. You can't have both. Um, we've got to be willing to give up control to get the growth and to develop the leaders that we want in our churches. So who can lead a small group? Now, I want to talk about the requirements. And these are what we use, and this is what I teach when I teach about small groups in different churches around the world. And, and sometimes the pastors look at me aghast when I give them these qualifications because they say it seems so 
simple. But let me let me go through these with you, and we'll come back and talk about them a little bit. Um, first of all, when we're talking about leading a small group, and I'll give you a story to kind of bring this along. Years ago, I was I, my wife and I were leading a small group, and we knew it was time to. Um, we had been raising up some leaders, and we knew it was time to entrust the group to them, and the, so we could do some other things. And so. I actually had a conversation with a young man. It was a couple, and I said, so listen, I want you guys to take over the group. And he was a relatively new Christian, maybe a year, year and a half, and but he'd been growing like crazy. He, he was, you know, just, he really was everything I wanted in a small group leader. And he said, his eyes got big, and he said, man, I can't lead a small group. I don't know anything. I don't, I don't man, I'm just not qualified. I can't do it. I'll, I'll, I'll screw something up. I'll ruin, you know, and he was just really worried. And I said, let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. I said, do you love God? He said, yeah. I said, okay, well, that's the first qualification. We want someone who loves God. They don't have to be perfect. None of us are, but they're growing in their faith. And my friend I knew was, uh, spending time with God. He was reading his Bible. He was in church. He was growing as a Christian. And he had been in our small group for a year and a half. So so I knew kind of where he was at spiritually. So, you know, we don't have to have all the answers. We're all learning as we go. And then the second question I asked him, I said, do you love people? He said, yeah, you know, I love people. You know, I mean, I want to help people. And I said, well, that's that's a really, really big um, requirement to be a small group leader. You know, you love God and you love people. And I said, if you can do those two things. And the third one, I was kind of joking, and I said, do you know how to use Google? And he laughed, and he said, yeah. I said, because, you know, you might get some questions you don't know the answer to. But, you know, in the year we live in, in 2024, or whenever this was a few years ago, we can we can always find the answer. So we want someone who loves God and is growing in their faith. We want someone who loves people. And then a third one, a third requirement, um, I would say, is someone who regularly attends church. They're they're, there regularly. They're a part of the church. They support the church. Um, In some churches, they might even require, and I, I think this is actually a really good idea, we ask for this, that the person actually be tithing. They're financially committed to the church. They're they're, they're there as often as they can be. It's not like they're just showing up once a month. Um, and that's a big deal because, you know, in this day and age, people treat church attendance as optional. I had someone tell me recently, they said, well, you know, look, I come once a month. Isn't that enough? And I said, enough for what? I mean, I, I just can't even wrap my head around that, that we've compartmentalized God so much that he means no no more to us than I can just go to church once a month and everything's cool. So so anyway, I think you know being a regularly attending church, a committed member, and then I would say this last one is someone who's been a part of a small group and maybe even assisted another leader. One of the things we love for our small group leaders to do first is to assist in leading a group kind of get a feel for how to do it. I mean, if someone's on, you know, just become a Christian and they come into the church and they say, hey, I want to lead a small group, well, you know, we're probably going to guide them to uh, work with someone else first for maybe six months or a year. And then that's going to give them the tools to actually lead on their own. But even while they're assisting, they're still starting to lead. So this is part of the leadership development process. And that's what we did with my friend that I told you about. He had been with us 
They were kind of the uh, de facto assistant group leaders, even though they might not have considered themselves that, but they helped us. And during that process of that year, year and a half, they really did have what it takes. And, and, and they're still leading the small group. They've grown it. Um, they actually birthed another one out of there. I mean, it's just an amazing story. So I encourage you to just kind of take these four thoughts. We've got some more stuff to talk about, but I want you to take these four thoughts. These are the basic requirements, the basic qualifications for growing your small group. back. We're talking about the importance of connect groups, small groups, discipleship groups, life church, or, or, or home churches, or you know whatever you want to call them, life groups in your, in your church. And as we're doing that, the question often comes up, what is my group about? Well, I want to give you, uh, in this resource highlight, I want to give you a tool that you can use to help you in your group. And there's a t- there's tons of things you can use, but this is my book, Miracles in Mark. And if you want to go to the next level with it, get the Miracles in Mark video course. There's over 20 short videos. These are great to show at the beginning of the, the, the meeting. The videos, like, like I say, they're all short, maybe 15 minutes, if that. Some are probably 10, 10 to 15 minutes. And now you've got... Uh, the material from the book, the material from the course, and you can go through and have a great discussion on the Gospel of Mark. And by the time you finish with this, the folks in your group are going to have a great understanding and a new appreciation for the Gospel of Mark. Because with Miracles in Mark, we go through and explore every one of the miracles that Jesus performed in this incredible gospel, some all, almost all the supernatural things in, in Mark we talk about and why they're important and what they mean, what they meant then and what they mean to us today. So check out Miracles in Mark and Miracles in Mark, the video course, because I know they're going to help you. So um, coming right back, we, we've, we've been talking about um, uh, who can lead a small group, what are the requirements, but I want to go a step farther. I want to talk about how we can grow our group. How can I grow my small group? So, first thing, we've got to know how to gather people. I've met a lot of really good leaders who really just have trouble walking up to somebody new in church and inviting them to their small group. But I want to encourage you to push past that barrier that's uncomfortable and get used to being uncomfortable by learning how to engage in conversations with people and invite them to your group. Heard of a conversation recently from my church where somebody who had been in our church for a while, but as often happens, people stay under the radar. And it was found out that this person wasn't in a small group, and we have so many, and somebody asked them to come to theirs and invited them, and they said, of course, I'd love to come. And the question was raised later, hey, why, why weren't you in a small group before? And the, and the answer was, no one invited me. And you know, to me, that's kind of silly because if you want community, you go find it. You don't wait till it finds you. 
But for this person, and I'm sure they're probably not alone, they were waiting for someone to invite them. And I find so often people are just waiting for someone to take the initiative and invite them to their group. We always say the the best way to get people to come to your group is have maybe 10 names and invite those 10 people. And if you do that, you'll probably get three or four to show up. And that's a great way to start. So we need to know how to gather people. Jesus did that. He went out and he gathered the disciples. If you read through the Gospels, you see him going and making contact with these men and uh, even some women ultimately that became his closest followers. So we've got to know how to grow our group. And to do that, to start with, like I say, we've, we've got to invite people. That's, that's, that's just incredible. That's very, very important. The second thing is we've got to have a vision. What kind of group is it? What kind of group is it? Um, you know, really having a, a, a group is a really big deal, but what are you doing with it? Is it going to be a fitness group? Um, someone I know is actually leading a fitness connect group. They meet at the gym once a week. Of course, people are encouraged to work out more than that, but they actually meet at the gym once a week. They do kind of a workout together, and then they take 10 minutes after, you know, maybe they work out for maybe 45 minutes, and they'll take 10 minutes, exchange prayer requests, um, have just a couple of minutes together where they're praying for each other, supporting each other spiritually, and then they go on about their day. And that hour is really so powerful because it's helping them physically and also spiritually. So that's a great vision. Uh, maybe, maybe you've got a vision to have a Bible study. Maybe you've got a vision to pray. And obviously, certain types of groups aren't going to appeal to everybody. Some people aren't really interested in a Bible study. Some people aren't really interested in, in maybe a fitness group. But what is your vision for your group? You know, one of the simplest ways to go is have a group that discusses the sermon from Sunday. Um, if, you, if you don't have any idea what to do, this is just a great, great way to go, is have a group that says, hey, we're going to discuss pastor's message from Sunday. So that means you've got to take good notes and have some discussion questions and then use that to generate discussion in your group. Now listen, your pastor will love you because what you're doing is you're taking their message, which people often forget by the time they get to their cars on Sunday, but you're helping the, that message, you're helping your pastor take that message and putting it deeper into the fabric, the fabric in the DNA of the church. How do we grow our group? We create a positive, number three, we create a positive faith-filled atmosphere. Um, we talked about inviting, we talked about having a vision, um, and then create this atmosphere where people want to come. When, when, when you go to a small group, when I go to a small group, and I coach small groups, and so I go to a lot of different types, and even sometimes when I travel and visit different churches, um, I'll get the opportunity to speak in small groups. And you can always tell the ones that are the healthiest because when you walk in, the first thing you hear is laughter. You hear people talking. It's joyous. They're having a great time. People are connecting. Listen, if you don't create a positive, faith-filled, fun 
atmosphere, people are not going to come. They might show up once to check it out, but they're probably not going to come back. Another way we grow our group is uh, we stay in contact with our people. We, 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 we want to build relationships with them. Uh, we want to do the small things. If you think about somebody in your group during the week, send them a text. Hey, man, just thinking about you, praying for you. How you doing? Um, remember their birthdays. Look their birthdays up on the, the church website if you have one. Um, get them to, you know, give everybody their birthdays, anniversaries. Send them a card. Send them a text on their birthdays. Hey, I was just thinking about you, man. I hope you have a great birthday. Anniversary, special dates. Celebrate with them during happy times. Be there to cry with them during hard times. You know, we find in the small group setting, we push pastoral ministry down to the lowest level because the pastor can't go visit everybody in the hospital, especially a church of any size at all. You can't if you got a church of maybe 50 people. But, you know, once you start growing, the pastor can't. But what we find is our small groups become where people are cared for. If there's a loss in the family or if there's a sickness or whatever, it's the, the small groups that are uh, building uh, meal trains and making sure people are taken care of. And, you know, that's really what we want to do is we want to build that kind of community. Now, if you want to keep building your group is you want to talk to new people. We talked about gathering. Um, we said, as, as we said, often people are just waiting for an invitation and then we want to encourage your group members. Now, this is a big deal. It shouldn't be just you growing the group. It shouldn't be just you growing the group. Really, it should be your, your, your friends, those who are in the group with you, your assistant leader, just the group members. They should be helping you to grow. Well, how do you do that? Well, you encourage them to invite their friends. Um, you encourage the people in your group to serve in different areas in your church. Because when they're serving in different areas of the church, now they're going to be meeting other people and expanding their circle. And there's always people that are looking for a great small group to get connected in so they can really build Christian community. So look, learning to serve is part of the discipleship process anyway. So we want to we want to encourage our people to serve, but we're also encouraging them to bring their friends to Connect Group. If they're not in a small group, get them to bring them. Um, you know, one of the groups that I I coach, I don't run it, I, I just coach it, so I just kind of um, get to be there if they need me. Two of the members of that group don't even go to our church, and yet their lives are being transformed. You know, some people have had a bad experience in church. Some people have had horrible experiences in church. But a small group is a great, safe way to start to see that person get healed. And 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 we're and, and listen, this is just one group I'm telling you about. We've got many groups in our church where the people, there are people in some of these groups that don't even come to our church. But yet they come to the small group, they experience the Christian love, they experience Christian community. They're there maybe getting a little bit of Bible teaching. Somebody's praying for them. And their walls are coming down. And eventually we know they're going to come in and be a part of our church. And of course, that's our goal is to see everybody plugged into a church somewhere. And then we'll, we'll stop with this one for today. We need to spend time with people apart from our group. 
If we only see them on the night we're having the group, well, that's good. But how cool is it to maybe set aside some time, create appointments, have meetings with people in your group? No agenda, just to hang out and have coffee with them, to have a meal, uh, build relationships, to hear their heart. You know what I find is when I do this, I find there's people, they start sharing their visions with me. They start sharing their, their what, what their hopes and dreams are. We find out that these people are just like us. They want somebody to love them and care for them. And, you know, we, we're always looking for opportunities to help people on their discipleship journey. And maybe just having people over for a meal apart from Connect Group or meeting them at a restaurant or maybe even a couple of the couples and say, hey, listen, you know, why don't we just meet this week at a restaurant and hang out and have a meal. And um, and you're building relationships, you're building those, those friendships, you're building that community, but you're also getting an opportunity to hear their hearts, hear their dreams. And who knows, they might even be your next Connect assistant or you might be encouraging them to start their own small group. So spend time with your people. All right, just a quick recap from today. We talked about who can lead a small group. What are the requirements? Is it just the pastor, just the associate pastors, just the top leaders? Listen, we we, we push it down to the lower levels. We, we want everybody who, and there's some basic qualifications as we talked about. Someone who loves God and is growing in their faith, someone who loves people and cares about others, someone who regularly attends your church, they're plugged in, and then someone who has been a part of a small group themselves and maybe even assisted the leader. Those, those qualifications right there will take you over the top um, in finding great leaders. Um, you don't have to have a seminary degree. You don't have to have been to Bible college. You don't have to have been a Christian for you know 35 years. But if somebody meets these requirements, by all means... Give them a little bit of training and put them, put them to work. Um, we talked about how do we grow our group. Um, we, we learn to gather people. Some people are just waiting to be invited. And then we need a vision for our group. What kind of group is it? Where are you taking people? We're always taking people on a journey. And we want to create the right kind of atmosphere. Remember, I'm telling you, when I go to small groups anywhere in the world, the first thing that you, you really want to hear when you walk in the door is, is laughter or people just talking and it's, it's loud and it's fun and you can just kind of feel the buzz. And, and if that's not there, then, then it's going to be tough to sustain that group because of positive high energy. And you don't have to be high energy yourself, but just create an atmosphere that's fun and people can come in and have a great time. And then you want to, you know, continue to talk to new people. You want to contact. That was the next one is contact people. Stay in touch with them. Um, you want people to stay in your group? Make them feel like you actually like them. Uh, shoot them a text during the week. Give them a call. Uh, have a coffee with them. You know, as we said, get, get with them other than just the, the meeting itself. And then encourage people to serve in different areas and invite their friends. I'm going to stop there, but I'll tell you what we're going to do next week is we're going to talk about some different ways to run your group. And so I think this is going to be incredibly helpful, incredibly practical, and I think it's going to help you 
um, to be the small group leader that God has called you to be. Listen, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, um, feel free to you know shoot those my way. You can go to my website, davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. Um, while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. I send out that news- newsletter a few times a year and let you guys know what uh, my wife are involved in. We, we do ministry in different parts of the world, and I always love to keep you updated on what we're getting to do together because we're all part of this thing. We're all part of the same team. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. I'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.